Hey y'all, this is Ryan Monzo, and this is the Talking About Them Cougars podcast from GoCougs.com. Go Cougs! Let's go! I'm joined by Brad Towns, who played baseball at the University of Houston once upon a time. Brad, what are your thoughts about what you saw today from Willie freaking Fritz? I gotta tell you, it was perfect. Perfect. Everything. Down to the last minute details um home run uh baseball player uses baseball analogy (laughs) big time home run um first thing i'll say it at the top of this we're pretty um or and especially me pretty vocal in what we like and what we don't like um i want to give credit to Chris Pesman because we talked we talked uh, a week ago that this is a uh, career defining hire and yeah. if you're going to define his career by a hire as it sits right now it couldn't be higher because mm-hmm. it, it it's a home run in every imaginable way phenomenal job um, credit to to Pesman and Tillman and Renu and everybody involved in this this one. We got it right. We mm-hmm. got it right in every way you could possibly get it right. I, I can't be happier with a hire. Um, just watching watching the uh, the initial Q and A from last night on the plane, I couldn't stop smiling. I woke up, watched the uh, and watched the the uh, press conference today. Couldn't stop smiling. Everything that we have talked about for the last few years on our site through our articles and through here on the podcast, everything that we wished for, everything that we hoped for in a coach, Woody Fritz has talked about it on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just words at this moment, yep. but this is not something that he hopes to do. It's what he's done his entire career and it doesn't change and it carries over. We're, like Samson says, defense and effort travels. Mm-hmm the core tenets of Willie Fritz travels no matter where you go and perfect, perfect hire at the perfect time. I could not be happier. I I don't think I've ever been, I don't think I've been this excited about U of H football in forever. Maybe since, since we hired Art Browse back in 2002. Yeah. December, 2002. Um, Yeah. I I think that, Everything you could have asked for from Tillman to Renu to Pez to Willie Fritz, you got today in this press conference. Pez spoke about finding a program builder, and that's what we've been harping on for months. Tillman talked about finding the adult in the room, which was completely aimed for an audience of one. He's in Cabo sitting on a beach somewhere. And Dr. Couture talked about the character and how people relate to this guy. And I'm going to tell you, I had some interactions with him, uh, a little one-on-one, a little in small groups, and then obviously in the press conference. Um, He just gets it. And I don't think there's anything nicer you can say about a coach other than he gets it. Wins and losses come and go. Recruits come and go. Assistant coaches come and go, but if you get it, then that lasts, and he gets it. He understands. 
Yes. From my first impressions, I don't think he is wanting to rely on the portal long term. He wants to build this program through the high school ranks, through Texas high school kids. I think he'll be a little bit like Dana, where when guys move away and go find greener pastures and find them not to be that green, he's going to take those guys back. You know, if there are quality kids from Houston that want to transfer back home, he's not going to be stupid about it. He's going to take those guys back if they're worth it. But you pointed out to me that he's been very selective in who he takes in the portal. Explain that. Um, just looking, just, you know, all I know is, is what I've seen on paper and in, you know, just doing all the, all the data work behind it, but he's not going out and getting, he's not churning classes. I mean, he talks, he talked about his, his three core philosophies as far as what he wants to do is he wants to recruit, retain and develop. Did you you write that down? Yeah, I did too. I thought, that was I the mean, most as, as he's talking, that, as he's talking, I literally wrote it down mm-hmm. on my notepad b- beside me. Um, he talked about, you know, he was proud of the fact that of 133 schools who played division one football, they've been in the bottom 10 of guys who've entered the portal. Now, the key part about that is not only do you not have guys, a lot of guys leaving, you're going to always have guys who are leave, but you don't, you're not going to have a whole lot of guys leaving. You're not constantly churning them and forcing them out and going out and getting the next new shiny trinket to try to replace them because you can't add through the portal if you don't have room from the portal. So when we talk about, when we talk about excitement about a program builder, you have to build the foundation from the high school ranks. Now his his what I've seen in in his um, in his recent history since the portals come on he's still bringing guys in he's still bringing guys in to the portal but they're very select very specific needs that he's going after it's not a shotgun approach and say we'd like to have this guy or we'd like to have this guy these guys would be nice to have this guy was really good on paper you know four years or three years ago um, so let's bring him in going out and be, being very careful about who they're going after and what they're doing. So I liken it to more of the approach that that Kelvin takes through the portal because he still uses it, but he's very select in who he's going after and what they're going for. And I think one of the things that, that he talked about as far as the types of players that he's going after he wants guys of high character as well as as good football players too. Right. So there's a profile. There's a profile that he has for what he wants to bring into the program. And I'm willing to bet, and just looking at any kind of recruiting rankings and, and looking at the backgrounds of some of his players, they're not going to be a lot of the flashiest players. But the one thing, the one common denominator that they do have is that they all fit a character profile of what works within what he's trying to accomplish. So we're not going to agree with any of that. We're not going to, I don't see him being inactive in the portal. I just see him being very selective through the portal. I don't, I I don't think you're going to see, you know, 20, 30 guys coming in. You might see it this year because this roster is in complete upheaval and there's a lot of issues. You may just be stuck 
needing that this year. You have nine commits at the moment. He said today that um, one of his first things that he has to do is get a hold of that, like understand those nine guys, like reach out and, and figure out if they're the right guy, evaluate them to see if, if they even want them in the program, and to move forward that way. I think this weekend is going to be a massive recruiting weekend for them, both guys that are on your roster, guys that have gone into the portal this week, and perhaps official visits for guys that are committed or maybe were committed at Tulane or that they've had in their back pocket. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Jackson State, not a huge basketball game, but it's a home basketball game this weekend. The next weekend, you have a game over at Toyota Center. That's not you're not going to be able to recruit to that. Uh, so this weekend becomes a pretty big weekend. Now, if you go deeper and, you know, trying to sign portal guys before classes start or working on the spring res- signing period, um, there will be some early January weekends that are pretty important, maybe up mm-hmm. into early February. But right. this one, this weekend, is probably the most important of the fall and they really got started full time on it today. So right. we'll see how it goes, but U of H fans need to be in attendance for that game. Like if you think your AD did his job and now your head coach is here and is looking like he's going to be doing his job, then it's the fans responsibility to do their job. And if they do that, then, you know, this could work. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that they have 15 guys in the NFL from his Tulane teams, and 11 of them were their only offer. Only Division One offer, yes. Right, right, FBS offer. Uh, that is fascinating. And I would be curious to see how that worked, if it was just development, if they found guys that others overlooked. Um, we're going to work on some stuff with that Go but let's go ahead and do Nico's song in chapter four. Yes, Andrew Long. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. Cougar athletes have to trust their coaches and teammates, whether it's going for it on fourth down, nailing that three-point shot, or trusting your teammate to hit that walk-off home run. If you've been in an accident, big or small, do not go it alone. You can trust Gus to fight for your maximum recovery. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. TrustGus.com. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. What U of H needed in this process was a program builder. They needed somebody that wasn't going to come in and do quick fixes or attempt quick fixes. That's what you've done for seven years now, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked at all. And if you're always chasing the next high or always chasing, you know, let's do this so we can get another contract or we can get this, that's never going to work. And it's never going to work here. You have to bring in high school kids and develop them. 
and make good players into much better players. And that's what Willie has done. I mean, you don't have the track record he has. At every division of football, from D2 and JUCO to FCS to FBS and eventually here P5, you don't keep building that way, slowly, grinding, unless you're doing it the right way. And, you know, again, as you said, credit Pez and all of them. They didn't go find the shiny object, the, the coordinator. Um, Pez even said that coming into this situation, he was a little worried about bringing a first-time head coach into the Big 12 in this situation. And I agree with him. It's not the right time. You just can't do that. Not right now. There will come a time where that could be a possibility. But the guys that are winning in this conference have been doing it a long time. Brad? Oh, you wanted me to talk? Yeah, at some point. I agree with it 100%. I was impressed. I was impressed with the criteria that they set out. Mm -hmm. I was impressed with the way that their their thought process around this. Um, And by, you know, listening listening to what was said about how they went about this search and the criteria and the things that they were really looking for, it really does sound like it comes from a football guy, which lines up with Pez was playing a major, major role in this. Yeah. I really want to give him a lot of credit for this. Um, You know, they, they found the right guy to do it. You know, there was a, there, like they said, there was a lot of really, really good coaches out there and we talked about it and we talked about the red flags on, on all of them. Um, All of them, all of them would be and will be quality hires for someone within a, within a big with within a big conference at some mm-hmm. point they're all going to be good I, I i firmly believe that um but for the current situation and right now i think i don't think there's any better pick that you could possibly go with than willie fritz i mean he's just proved it at every single stop and what he's done at tulane is incredible it would be easy for me to write off the run that they had last year because it's like ah you know it's yeah it's it they had a good year they caught lightning in a bottle um and then they came back and did it again this year and it's not it's not a big um it's not a big negative that they lost against smu smu mm-hmm. has a really good team this year mm-hmm. um i think we learned that smu had a pretty dang good team last year we got a nice personal look at that but SMU played really good defense. Just wasn't just wasn't going to happen for for Tulane this year. Um, but that doesn't take away the fact that he's what lost only four games in two years. Yeah, and in a conference we were in last year, it, it's hard to overstate that he did this at Tulane ten years ago. They were playing in front of a couple hundred people in the Superdome. Tulane should never be in the spot where they're winning 10 games a year. He made that happen. Mm -hmm. And U of H doesn't go and win back-to-back 10 games in back-to-back years. It's not happened since I've been around. Um, I guess it's happened before, but it's not like it's some thing that happens here so often that, you know, it's not a big deal. (sighs) 70, no, no. It's hard to say anything. No, it's never know, happened here. As so. far as as far as winning back to back 
10, 10 win seasons back to back. I mean, you can really only go back about 20 years until we started playing 12 games. Right. But I'm saying, you know, there's never been a time for that. And no. when you've won 10 games here, like 2006, you still lost four and you won, you know, in 2011 and 2015 and then in 2021. But those were one offs. You know, you came close in, in 2016, but. It's just really hard, and the guy went and did it at Tulane. Yeah, I think that's that's the the thing that he's done such a good job at Tulane that they've been you know a bowl team you know what four out of the last five years, five out of the last six years. Um, So recently, it's a different Tulane. People don't remember older Tulane where they went a generation of being terrible. Well, they went a lot of generations of being terrible. I mean, historically bad. Three win season after three win season, two wins. Uh, what was it when we um before we, were, we before we lost to them with uh, under Levine? I think what we beat them like ten straight times. Uh huh. And then Levine lost to him, and uh, Major Applewhite lost to him, and Dana lost to him twice. Oh, I mean, we love we love we love going to uh, we love going to New Orleans to watch watch us play. Tulane because you could sit anywhere you wanted. Yeah. And you got to have a nice fun party weekend and you knew you were going to get a win. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we wrote about this, that since U of H started football, Tulane has had 21 seasons of one or two wins 21 times. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's almost 80 years now of football you're talking about. And they've had, I think 10 win seasons three times when they went undefeated in 1998 and then these last two years to Willie Fritz. And that's shocking, but that's who Tulane is. And this guy went and won there. And, you know, he backed it up with a pretty big bowl win. And then he he backed it up again with another season. And it did go the right way this weekend. And you can blame it on the search and you can blame it on whatever else. Michael Pratt hurt his arm. But the SMU defense, I mean, they were destroying that offensive line. It's not like this was some fluke. I mean, Pratt was getting the crap kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm still unsure if this actually happened, you know? Like, this was the, you had to hit two straight cards to make your flush, and they did. They made the flush. Yep. And it just seems almost unnatural. But they got it done. They paid him a reasonable amount of money. Four and a half million dollars is not a lot of money. And if reports this week said that Tulane was willing to match that, then he didn't make a money decision. He made a legacy decision, a future decision. Yes. If you had gotten Gary Patterson, who was a thought of ours a week ago, but looks silly now because he really never got any traction, uh, you would have to wonder about, is he really interested in doing this? Willie Fritz is interested. This is something he wants to achieve. And he said in the press conference that he doesn't have any hobbies. He doesn't hunt. He doesn't fish. He doesn't play golf. He works and he hangs out with his family. And I, I think you're going you're gonna to see a guy that is completely different than the guy you've had for five years. These well, players, the players I've talked to, have had glowing things to say about him. They're withholding judgment, as they should. 
because one meeting doesn't make a relationship. But they liked him. Some players were at the press conference. Chidozi was there, uh, a couple of others. And so they're, they're, I think they're going to come all in on this guy. They're going to see what he's all about. And you're going to see some transfers. You're going to see starters transfer. And, you know, Dalton Carnes put his name in on Sunday. But then Dalton, you know, we posted some things about Fritz late yesterday. And Dalton was in there liking them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So maybe he decides that this is where he wants to be. Maybe he doesn't. Either way, I think he's a good kid, and he worked his ass off and earned everything that happened to him here. Right. And if he wants to go and be a starter, a real frontline starter somewhere, good for him. Well, you know, maybe maybe so. And you know, the way I, the way I look at it, if I'm a player, I put my name in the portal. Yeah. Why not? Well, What's no, the worst thing you, that can happen? Well, because you have to. You have to. And the reason why is that by NCAA rules, you're not allowed to contact or not be contacted by anybody until your name is in the portal. Now, yeah. when, when a coaching change happens, you have no idea who's coming in. Maybe you have a relationship with the coach from being recruited out of high school. Maybe you don't. But you don't know where you fit into their plans. So you need to you need to be able to find out what's going to be the best move for you. And the the luckily now you have a, a a means to do that. So anybody who puts their name in the portal, I do not begrudge them whatsoever. I think it's a smart move, and I think they. I, I would I would tell any player that asked me, I'd say put your name in the portal. You got to talk to people. You got to make the best decision for you. But if you liked your experience and like your experience so far at the university of Houston. If you love football now, understand this isn't a place. It's not going to be a place for people who just kind of like the game and you know, it's fun. You got to love it. But if that's what you like, if that's what you love and you want to work and you want to be developed and you want to become the best player you could possibly be, you're going to have a good shot here. I think that's true. I'm I'm so ready to watch this play out. I just I think it's going to be fun for fans to see the development that's going to happen nonstop, and you're going to see a team get better from spring to fall to first game to third game to sixth game. You know, it's going to happen. You're going to be able to see it, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen that in so freaking long. No, I mean I hate I hate to say it. But it's, I hate to say it for one reason, but it, it, it has a lot of fingerprints of Kelvin Sampson. And the reason why I hate to say it is because I'm not comparing him to Kelvin Sampson. I'm comparing him to their approach. But the thing about that is it's not a difficult approach. It's not difficult, meaning it's not complicated. It's just, it's really simple when you break it down, but it's difficult in that it's hard to do every day. It's hard to be at your best and giving your best every single day. And so a lot of, a lot of the mistakes that you see in sports are people looking for a shortcut. Now, if you look at, if you look at what, what was said during the press conference, he didn't talk, he didn't talk anything about winning. He didn't talk about winning titles. He didn't talk about any of the, any of the, the exciting potential results. 
he talked about the foundation and how they're going to get there. He did not talk about the quick one-liners to get applause at a press conference crap. It was all process. It was all how we build this the right way. Not, here's the results that are going to happen. And the guy before you, that's all he talked about. And I think U of H has framed this whole thing perfectly. It's the, the first headline for his hire was veteran coach, lots of experience, does it the right way, is a builder of men, has character. They're talking in, in a way that we haven't seen them talk. You know, they talked about Dana in a different way. They talked about Major in a different way and Tom Herman in a different way. They're talking about this guy like, I think you said it earlier, like a football coach or like a football guy talks about a football coach. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Well, and I think it's, I think it's a, just a hard realization and a complete reset of U of H. I mean, without re- saying it, they admitted we screwed up. Well, I think I think they had to get everybody get on the same page and get into alignment and say, "Hold on, we we've got to go back to our core principles. We've got to mm-hmm. go. We got to really get into our foundation. We've got to get into the nuts and bolts of how to become good and how to be great." You know, because Rena's also a very good example in that in how she has pushed this university as a whole forward. Mm-hmm. You know, the goal, the goal was always originally, you know, getting to tier one and then moving, moving up the chain and and increasing everything and making everything better and the education better and the, the prestige better. But that was all done by groundwork that was laid doing just the little bitty, small, difficult things that, you know, the stuff that people don't want to do because it's not fun. No. And they found a guy and they chose a guy that seems to just live that. It feels weird, man. It, it feels, I, I, it feels I don't really... have anything to say because it's like, I, I don't think it's real. It's still this make-believe thing in my head. But You know, the first, as I was, I, I watched the, I watched the uh, press conference a second time and just listening to his remarks and, and everything, everything he said, it felt like he was just speaking directly to me of all the things that I want to hear. And, you know, I immediately question is that whenever somebody tells me everything that I want to hear, am I being sold something? Am I being sold a bill of goods? Yeah. But I mean, that's a reasonable thought. But the thing is, is that the stuff I want to hear, you're not selling me anything Mm -mm. because they're so, they're so basic. They're Mm -hmm. so basic. Recruit, retain, develop. Very, very small, simple things that, you know, everybody's, everybody's going to say, oh, of course we're going to recruit. Of course we want to keep our players. Of course we want to develop our players. Yeah. But develop. But that's a, that's a, that's a core philosophy he's done at Central Missouri, at Blinn, at Sam Houston, at Georgia Southern, at Tulane. He's done it over and over and over and got similar results, high, high, high achieving results at every single stop. And he's always done it with minimal support. He mm-hmm. didn't need, he didn't need the fancy buildings. He didn't need, you know, he didn't need a staff of 50 to do it. You know, he didn't need hundreds of millions of dollars to be successful. It was just hard work. 
You know, yeah. he's, he, he talked about he's been the groundskeeper. He was a strength coach for 20 years. He was a defensive coach. He was a special teams coach. He's done it all. He's had to do it all because he's never had any other option. Right. He didn't know any other way. And the fact that he comes here and he's got two to three times the budget that he's ever had in his entire career. First thing he's probably going to think is, what do I do with all this? I mean, you know, this is the first time I've ever had this. Is this what other people get? One of the things that struck me, we, I was in a small group of people and he was talking and it was talking about these sort of things that I've, I've done everything. And somehow he, he kind of looked at me when he said this, which was very strange. He's like, you know, one of my best friends was Joe Curl. And that's exactly what Joe Curl did when he was here. Oh, yeah. He cooked. He did everything. He had to run the whole show because otherwise it wouldn't get done. Right. And just when he said Joe Curl was one of my best friends, I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> that's... Okay, he's already, he's already a good guy. Then. He's, he's already in my head. If he's with Joe Curl. Yeah. So um, that, that struck me. And I really appreciated that. And uh, if you see video of the small interactions, when he said that, I ran up and chest bumped him. And I think it caught him off guard. I was like, yeah. uh, <laughs> So anyways, we both are head over heels for this hire. And it's been so long since either of us have been on a high about football. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to process it. I think we need to, um, it's going to take some re-education of things, of expecting things to go well because good people and the right people are in charge. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to have to figure it out. You know, this is going to be a, a group thing, a family thing. We're all going to, this is going to be our therapy together is to get over the past abuse and mm-hmm. to move into this healthy new relationship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't it's, really know how to say it better. It's nice to it's nice to see uh it's nice to have a little bit of hope and feel really positive about the direction of things. Mm-hmm. Um I just can't I can't help but think that listening to all of them talk is that it really feels like for even in including basketball on this, it seems like we're getting a department that's more and more aligned in their thinking. Yeah. Because I'll always hold Kelvin as the standard bearer of excellence mm-hmm. at U of H. It could be that it just feels like we're starting to adopt some of those principles. And we talked about we talked about in the past of this is an opportunity for U of H to do a hard reset. Um I think we're witnessing that right now from top to bottom. Yeah. You, you, what happened is they turned it off. They flipped the cover up. They pushed down. They pulled the cassette out. They blew in it. <laughs> they put that mobile back in and hit power, and it worked. Hard reset. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. As you know, a great quarterback wins championships. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, you can trust Gus to quarterback your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. I look forward to this. I always look forward to writing football because I think the stories are there. And I I genuinely like the guys. I will say all the shit in the world about Dana Holgerson, but they brought in some cool, good guys into this program. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part, the assistant coaches I met 
were really good guys. There was just one guy at the top that poisoned everything. Yes. And I can't wait to dive in with Willie Fritz, his son Wes, the guys that are on his staff. Willie said he's a special teams coach, and special teams are so important to him. And I was like, that's a details coach right there. That's a guy that gets it, that understands that any little advantage I can get, no matter where it comes from, I'm going to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And music to my ears. Yep. And I want to say that, yes, we, do, we need to be patient. We need to, we need to let this play out. Um, I well, don't it's day expect- one of five years, but yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't know what we're going to see from the portal. I don't know what we're going to see from the signing class. Honestly, the fact that we have such a small class is such a blessing for Willie at this time, mm-hmm. because now he gets, he's got a completely clean slate. He doesn't got to, he doesn't have to come in and, you know, tell 15 guys that, you know, you committed you're not going to fit here. Now he gets to go out and get exactly what he wants. Not going to be able to, not going to be able to get it right away, but I would rather be at a point from the portal and from a signing perspective, um, this in here in the December window, I would be fine if he didn't bring, he didn't sign anybody. If he didn't add anybody new, I would rather him have the open space in the time over the next, you know, from, from December to the, uh, to the February signing class and then the portal going forward, I would rather him have those openings as opposed to bringing people in just as a stopgap and then churning them in the next year or two. Yeah. And I agree with that. I, you do need bodies. You need guys for the roster, but the more you can be selective, the better it's going to be. And I mean, I hope kind I hope of her. you're in a, a spot here right now where you just need guys. But he has said several times today, I'm not going to sign guys just to sign guys. And if you take him at his word on that, then all right, let's see. Let's see what happens. But yeah. I mean, at some point you do need guys. Well, and, we're definitely, definitely going to need some, uh, some help on the offensive line. Cause we do yeah, have the offensive line just, is, and he knows that holes. he uh, he understands what's happening, and uh, you know I, I just feel like he is a, a legitimate football coach that is going to bring guys in and make them better. And yeah, well, when we get it, when we get into next year, and this is going to be my early go out on a limb. I don't see, I don't see a, I don't see a slow rebuild as far as production goes. I don't see us being four or five wins next year. I see us anywhere. I see us anywhere from six to eight. I, I just, it's so early to say. Well, I'm just going to, because I'm going to throw it out there right now because I truly believe it. I think we, I believe that we have talented athletes who are going to be here that are on this roster currently that have been so underutilized and have not been put in position to be there, to be their best. I think that there was a question about that. Um, in the press conference about how, uh, you know, he's had a number of different types of offenses, you know, within over his entire career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he just, he again was speaking directly to my heart and soul 
And he said, yeah, I've got a, I've got a core offense and I've got, you know, these, these core plays that, that we're going to run, but those are useless if I don't have the right guys to do it. Ding. You know, my job is to take players and find out what they're good at and what they're bad at and don't do stuff that they're bad at. Ding. <laughs> I, mean, I nearly I, fell out of my chair. I have wanted a coach that if you're a coach that can only teach one way and one system and it doesn't matter who we have, they have to be plugged into this. You're never going to get the most out of your players. No. And if I have a guy like Clayton Toon, well, I'm not going to run the option. You know, that's not, I, I don't want that guy running the option. I want him dropping back. If I have Greg Ward, I'm not going to have a drop back passing game. If I have De'Eric King, I'm not going to turn him into a pocket passer. Right. And then say he, oh, well, you know, he, he, he just can't get through five reads. Right. He's not smart enough is what the implications were. Right. And it's like, no, you're not smart enough. You know, it's similar, similar to what we've heard, you know, some of the stuff about Donovan Smith. I didn't get to his third read quick enough. You know, he, um, well, don't ask him to do that. Yeah. So many players told us this year, well, the system is very complicated. I was like, well, you're not getting it. So we maybe it's time the, to change the system. We heard that about the defense, too. Oh, well, yeah. you know, Belk's so many complicated. No, if you you need to be able to get the first one before you get in the 40th one. <laughs> yeah. So let's figure that out first. But I just think it's such a relief to hear him say that. Um because it's true, and that it's true that he's done that at a number of different places. Everywhere. When he's had Everywhere. guys to throw the ball, he's thrown the ball. Um, when he's had guys to run the ball, he runs the ball. I mean, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me when I think back to what we've talked about, and we've we've talked about it on message boards for you know fifteen years, and discussing that you know well you know it's going to be hard for us to have a consistent running game year after year after year because we can't recruit the linemen who are going to be able to do that but then i look at Tulane under Willie Fritz and they've run the ball every year last year they had a 1600 yard rusher this year they had a redshirt freshman first action of his of his college career and he rushes for 1200 yards mhm at Tulane Tulane He's able to he's able to succeed with guys that you don't expect him to be able to succeed with. This is not a shot at Tulane, but they don't have access Tulane. to the types of talent that we can go and get. No, not at they all. They didn't they didn't have access to the types of talent that we had in the AAC. Or Conference USA or anywhere else. Yeah. Now they had some talent early in Conference USA, like in the early two thousands. They were recruiting quarterbacks and running backs that you're like, what are the, how is this happening? Moeldy Moore. Yeah, I mean, how did that happen? That's a name that will always ring out in my head when I think of Tulane. Yeah, that 2003 game. That at, guy was uh, unbelievable. City Park. One of the best running backs I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, here in the current time, the fact that, the fact that he can go out and get linemen who are going to be most people's maybe fifth choice or not even on their board, nowhere close to it. Mm -hmm. You know, guys with, you know, an offer sheet that looks like a who's who of who. That's pretty cool. Um, all of a sudden, you, you're able to run, get a, a, develop a strong running game, good enough running game to where, I mean, the running back turned into an NFL player. Mm -hmm. 
really, really amazing to me. So when I think about in the, that's what makes me so excited about what we've got now and looking at our future is that when we look at competing within the big 12, I still think we can go out and we can compete for most recruits with our current big 12 membership. That includes the, the, the artists from the formerly known PAC 12. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has a distinct advantage. Some there are programs out there that have a little bit more, um, especially from a revenue perspective. All of a sudden, yeah. you've cut out the top where Texas and OU were bringing in 200-some-odd million. All of a sudden, everybody's a lot closer in total revenues and, and budgets, and most of us all have very similar facilities, especially once we get our, once we get our, um, our new center built. It's going to be the guy, the, the battle is going to be who can go out and get the guys who are going to be best, not just best for everybody, but best for them that right. fit their system. Mm-hmm. Like K-State, I look at K-State and they recruit guys and they always have who fit what they do. Not going to fit everywhere, but they fit what they do. It's weird they would want to recruit that. Somebody who fits them, not just somebody that's listed high on some bizarre recruiting list. Well, no, I mean, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. I love the guys at the top of the recruiting list. But the thing is, is that it goes down. It's not just about everybody can identify talent. Mm -hmm. We can all see talent, especially starting high school all the way up. We can see talent. But the question is, does that, does that talent fit what you're trying to do? Correct. I mean, you would love, you would love to have, you know, six foot five, six foot six, 350 pound offensive lineman. But if you're based on, if you're based on a scheme that requires off, uh, offensive linemen to be able to move and to be able to be really quick and be able to get downfield, ain't going to work. Maybe the big, maybe the big giant plotter is not going to be your ideal fit. It's a weird thought. I mean, that's where we've had success with offensive linemen in, in the past. Yeah. I think when I look at, I think, um, I think Patrick Paul is one of the few guys that we've signed that was a really, really big guy coming out of high school that's turned into being a top end player. But most of the, most of the other guys that we've got on the offensive line, you know, they're six, four, six, five, 280 pounds coming out of high school mm-hmm. guys that you can build up and yeah. seems that's what Willie Fritz has been a master of. It's weird. It's it's weird to like what you're starting because there's been too many times where you get your hope up and then it's like, oh, well, that's not very good. Or like Major Applewhite, where I just never had hope. I just knew this is what's going to happen. And Willie Fritz is is I'm just I can't I can't wait to see what happens here. Gokooks.com. Gokooks. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube on Twitter, on the Facebook, on Instagram. We have a great special right now. You can join our website for $5. You get top-tier information, subscriber-only information. And we are putting more and more of that out. You get great information on our message board, The Veer. Great people, mostly. And just a great community. We're going to continue with NIL stuff. We're, it's going to the next level. Willie Fritz told me and someone else that NIL 
has to get a lot better at the University of Houston. And it has to get better now. Dana Holgerson was never really that interested in it. And you could tell. And I think you're going to see a systemic change coming very soon. And I'm going to be in meetings on that and talking to people and really trying to see what we can do to get the NIL going in the right way. From our point of view, we want to do great stuff, great content that you don't see anywhere else. We want to build the brands of these players and let them show their personality. And, you know, Lincoln Cougs does it a certain way. We do it a certain way. But everybody's going to kind of come together now to build a football NIL that will help this program compete with everybody else in this league. And U of H has been slow to do that because Dana Holgerson didn't want to do it. But now you're about to start seeing what this school can do. GoCooks.com, Brad Towns, former University of Houston baseball player, walked nine guys in three innings at LSU. Not athlete. Ryan Monzo, former UH mathlete, saw Brad Towns watch nine, walk nine batters in three innings at LSU. Thanks so much, Brad. And thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. There's a lot of them out there. And I've been trying to listen to all of them. And it's like, how the hell am I going to do this? Where is the time? But if you have stayed with us and listened, we appreciate that so much. And thanks for following. And thanks for being a part of it. It's about to get a lot more fun. You're, you're a few weeks from league play and basketball. And you've got Willie freaking Fritz running your football program. And it's like things are going in the right direction. And then there'll be baseball. Dr. Couture, you did such a good job today. Give me a Yahoo. Yahoo!